0: I don't suppose either one of you know why Bob's car's parked out in front. Yeah, he's here. He's uh he's in he's, he's, uh, he's here at the house. I'm gonna see if Bob's keeping the pool clean. That's future man. oh uh, yeah, I know. What the fuck is this? Vominose clay. Bob, you were told to thoroughly clean the
1: pool this morning. It's a leaf. one
0: leaf. one leaf. Your name's Anthony, isn't it? Yeah, what about the-
1: yeah, his name's Anthony. My name's Dignan.
0: I'm Stacy Sinclair. Elizabeth's sorority sister? I didn't know she had a sister. <laughs> oh, my God, you have the best sense of humor. She is going to be so jealous. I saw you here. So, you go to school in Arizona, right? No, I was in the hospital. Oh,
1: what for?
0: I went nuts. He's kidding. He's kidding. He didn't He'll go nuts. thing? how did it happen? Do you really want to know? Yes,
1: I really do.
0: One morning, over at Elizabeth's beach house, she asked me if I'd rather go water skiing or lay out. And I realized that not only did I not want to answer that question, but I never wanted to answer another water sports question or see any of these people again for the rest of my life. Three days later, I was on my way out to the desert, and that was that. <laughs> bully and son of a bitch! You're calling me a bully? Here's a bully for you! Ow! Hold on, Bob. You're only going
1: to make this take longer. You're really complicated, aren't you? Ah,
0: my ear. I try not to be.
2: Surrounded by movie podcasts, three men will risk it all to try to stand out from the herd. It's the Cinema 9 Podcast with your hosts, Eric Brandstrom, Michael Govier, and Travis Roy. Coming to a speaker near you right now. Good evening, welcome to the latest edition of the Cinema 9 Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you aboard. My name is Michael Gauvier. I am one of the three co-hosts. This is the Cinema 9 Pod, Cinema 9 Pod at ProtonMail.com, Cinema 9 Pod on all your favorite social media platforms. Today, we're gonna be focusing on Bottle Rocket for our Does It Hold Up or Not? It's gonna be a lot of fun, but let's go around and say hello to our hosts and see how they're doing. As always, Travis Roy, first up. Travis, good evening. Happy Thursday to you. How are you doing in the beautiful city of Hazel Park?
1: I'm I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's it's I'm doing all right. It's been uh, an interesting week as far as movies go in my life. I watched it with my with one of my high school classes, I watched thirteen or I'm sorry, twelve years a slave for the for the first time since twenty thirteen, since I saw it in theaters. It's intense. It was an intense experience to, you know revisit that so that was that was fun it was intense for them there was there was one point where one of the students asked me like are you gonna tell our parents that we watched this <laughs> i'm like i, I, I don't know it didn't even cross my mind but there was just you know it, was, it yep. was pretty intense for them it was r-rated film but uh but man what a yeah, film
2: I, w- I was a uh teacher when that came out that year in the theater so and I was teaching social studies, so I was like, oh, maybe we should incorporate this into, you know, the, like, an extra credit thing, or maybe just, like, somebody wants to go see it and write a report, you know, something like that. And But I was very, very, like, God, it just reminds me of being a teacher is scary, man. It's still so much tougher. There's so much more tiptoeing in your life, like, overall, even on social media, just everywhere. It's just, like, you got to be a little more tight. At least this was my experience. Like, you just can't be all nilly. Not that I have, like... Awful things to say in life. You just—is it cool to let kids go see that movie? Would I get chastised by the parents? You know.
0: Yeah, I showed my fourth graders *Bully*, the Larry Clark film earlier today. <laughs> man,
1: Eric <laughs> Griffith Park, that was Griffith funny, Heights, man. or Griffith <laughs> Land, or whatever the fuck. Griffith
0: Indiana, you're on the air. Good evening, gentlemen. It's a whole new world out there, and. Uh, oh.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, we've never yeah.
0: done an animated film on the podcast. I've been trying to think of what would be a good oh, one. For God. To Someone's gonna, Travis
2: is going to do it. He's definitely going to drop one on Absolutely. us. He's going to drop Moana man. on us at some point. A, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you know what's going on. I,
1: like, it, it holds up. There's no point in bringing that on the show. I already know it holds up.
0: <laughs> oh, good. Phew. Okay, great. I'm excited today, though, gentlemen. Uh, a lot of movies under my belt and uh, excited about Bottle Rocket.
1: All right.
2: Dave Petrucci says, "Bottle Rocket is probably the only Wes Anderson movie I enjoy. Everything else is a complete waste of time."
1: This is the the Wes Anderson movie for non Wes Anderson people.
2: Yeah, I would. I think I would agree with that. This is not so Wes Andersony, uh, and we'll talk about the movie later. So that's a that's a good <laughs> teaser now. there. Now I said, now we can't buck the trends and routine. We're <laughs> all creatures of habit here. Uh, Dave, thank you for commenting and thank you for participating in the show by the way we always live stream the show so if you want to hop in say hello maybe throw in a comment here and there we would uh we really like the engagement it's cool and our youtube channel has all of our podcasts if you so desire like we always say we don't get it but we do make them available if you want to look at our faces while we express ourselves in verbal form you're welcome to do so on our youtube channel which uh just google cinema nine pod youtube i'm sure you'll find it it's not hard yeah, hit us
0: up live. Tell us whether or not you have uh, one of our copies of Bottle Rocket. <laughs> did someone steal, VHS tape.
2: someone steal your copy of Bottle Rocket? Or...
0: No, no, I never owned it. I don't plan to either.
2: Oh, look who's the number one teacher.
0: Wow. No shit. Not after Where, how do you play. feel about Bowie, that, Travis? Bully did not go over well. You know, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> That's so dumb. It's all Incredible.
2: I don't even know if they'd show Bully in college classes. It's
1: scary. <laughs> I I just can't believe we're talking about Bully again already. (laughs) I didn't didn't bring it up. I didn't bring it up. I I refused to watch this movie. I told you, like six episodes straight. Oh, it's it's, coming. It's coming. I'm going to be watching it.
2: (laughs) No, I wouldn't do that to you. I know. uh, I like the film, and we'll just leave it there. Okay, yeah. So, CinemaDive Podcast. Next week, we have our guest, a dear friend of the podcast. Derek Fern will make his debut. He's never been on any podcast ever in his life. And he's going to join us next week to talk about a movie that we will reveal. At the end of the show, I have the envelope. He gave me the official copy. Price Waterhouse Cooper made sure it was protected and secured. I have not told Travis or Eric, so they are also in the dark. And it'll be a little more fun that way. I kind of wish that somebody told Eric. And I like being in the dark for these. It's fun. The anticipation is...
0: Did you tell Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway?
2: No, I wouldn't do that. Warren's, uh, he's not good at that type of thing. (laughs) Anywho, let's talk recommendations. Quarantine viewing picks. Yes, there is a vaccine out there, but... Not many of us have it, so
1: you know, a lot I'm of us actually, are trying to... I'm getting my first shot tomorrow morning. Oh, cool. Oh, you are. Right. Yeah. Woo. That was great, man. That's,
2: that was definitely applause worthy. I uh, missed a wedding last weekend. I feel like an asshole. I mean, Jason Vivian, shout out, got married last weekend. Congratulations, Jason. Yeah. And I didn't go because of COVID. It was the only reason I didn't go. I feel bad about it. I hate to miss a wedding. That's supposed to be a special event. It's supposed to be yeah. a unique time, and uh, that that was the only one that hurt me the most. Probably of all the COVID stuff that I've missed, that was a big one, and it hurt. So I really hope you guys all had a great time, and nobody got sick, and everybody's happy and healthy. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm really happy Travis is getting the vaccine. So for, good for you, buddy.
1: Yeah, congratulations. For, yeah, for me, for me, it was not seeing Archers a loaf. For the record, they had a reunion tour, and yeah, fucking, hey man, just God damn well,
2: it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if we start, yeah, the whole Rage Against the Machine. Oh, man, there was some great shit. Yeah, if we start looking at shows we missed too, it's a real all right, yeah. Let's, let's, let's talk movies. Let's all right us so
1: I watched I watched some movies. Uh, the much lauded Nomad Land, starring Francis McDormand. Uh, it you know I went in with high expectations. Those those expectations were met. Um, again, a quick reminder. You know. On the Instagram page, if you want more, we we post reviews there all the time. Me and Eric do. Um, if you if you if you want more detailed reviews than the quick regurgitation that we kind of do here, I watched uh, *Flora and Ulysses*, the new Disney film. It was totally right. enjoyable. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. You know, Ben Schwartz. I enjoy his work. This was this was a nice nice little family movie. Um, I can stop saying I can stop humiliating myself on this show by admitting that I've never seen "Do the Right Thing." I finally sat down and watched Yay! that.
0: No,
1: no point in recommending it because either you've seen it or, like me, you spent like three decades being like, "Hey, I should probably see this movie." <laughs> um, but of course, I liked it, man. It was fucking great. Spike can Spike can really direct and. Uh, probably the the least abrasive score from that guy that does all of his movies just like i mean it's the same score as every other movie that he's done because he just redoes does the same score over and over um but it was the most tastefully used and that was kind of nice um my big recommendation for the week is a no-brainer for me. I, 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 This movie's rated 8 on IMDb, so I'm not too worried about raising your expectations about it, although I had, like, zero going in. I'm just like, well, you know what? I really fucking love Willem Dafoe. I should watch all the movies that he does. So I sat down and I watched Togo. I was on the edge of my seat with this movie. It was so good. I was a thoroughly emotionally invested uh, in pretty much every emotion possible, and one of the better movies I've seen in a while. So, uh, you know, I, I here I am bemoaning Disney plus and it's lack of content. And, and then I sat on Togo for like a year. So if you two have been sitting on Togo, check it out. And I have that's been sitting on it. Check I it loved
0: it. Yeah. I watched it when it came out and, uh, to be able to use, and I, I did the research. They took really, really good care of the animals that they used in the film. And it's a wonderful example of how, yeah, you can use real animals in a responsible way. And, uh and have a great great picture and, and be responsible and safe you know that's kind of why i ducked out on call of a while just because the dog just looked like just a cartoon i mean i could not i could not pull the trigger on it but i love togo great message and a great just normal character for Willem dafoe to play just to show you that hey i'm not just a fucking weird guy
1: like, the man can hey, do really. anything and everything i mean he's he's really i'm i'm starting to feel like he might be the best living working actor <gasps> wow <gasps> who's better Who's stupid? You're stupid. What's what? Well, who's better? A great actor. I love that. That's working. Name name a better living working actor than Willem Dafoe. Working Viggo Mortensen. living working actor. Okay. Viggo, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo, Viggo, Viggo Mortensen is good. It, I. I I mean, obviously, this is a, a subjective thing, um, <laughs> which is why I'm actually not going to call your opinion stupid, Mike. No, I wouldn't. Um, but I, I, do I didn't think call you w- stupid. I called well, the point I, I take it back. I don't think you're stupid. And I don't think that having an opinion about actors is stupid. In fact, that's part of the point of the show. <laughs> I'm willing to you
0: ever but, see uh, To Live and Die in L.A.? I,
1: I have, but man, like, like when I was too young to see it, like awesome. I, I have zero recollection of it. Hey, Bill, hey. But yeah, so those are the movies I watched. One of them had Willem Dafoe in it. That's 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 my rant. No way! (laughs) I gotta check that out
2: then. Okay, I've never seen Togo. I love, Nif- no, sorry, I love Will Nifo. I love Will Nefoe. He really could oh, be that good. Him. I was just trying to have some fun. You know, we got to have hot takes on the show start debates. That's why
1: people will tune in for, right? Oh, God damn it. No.
2: <laughs> no, bud. No. Uh, Eric Branstrom, what have you uh, been watching bud. with your lovely little daughter this week?
0: Uh, I took another She's movie. so cutesy-wooty. Uh, <laughs> the fuck? Thank you. Uh,
2: she's cutesy okay. She's, a, she's cr- a baby. Come on. It's
1: fun. But she's not yeah, even it- present.
2: I don't know that's what you, she's right she's not here but uh, that's my uh, I don't know what's happening
1: <laughs> so so like, you know this is live right you <laughs>
2: can't edit this out this is like scanners my
0: head <laughs>
1: <laughs> I watched Taken
0: or as I like to refer to it Never Travel Abroad the movie uh, it's really <laughs> good it's a fucking great action movie man it does never get old it never gets old for me the setup is great the payoff is fucking fantastic i've never
2: seen it but i feel like i've seen it because like the whole world is yeah. like
0: parried at it and made yeah. fun
2: of it or i don't know i feel like i've basically seen it
0: it's still really good i took a look at um uh i took another look and it's been like 17 years and damn i, I was gonna save it for the show but i couldn't once it was there staring at you i had to push play master and commander the peter yes. Wills. it's so fucking good it is it's seen, so right? good it's great yeah. I, it's a great I Peter real film the ship like russell crowe's like lame
1: long hair like who cares about this like, the, the I'm, ocean, I'm, like. yeah no i mean i've heard you're like it's it's widely it comes widely recommended it's oh, it's, it's you know it's not one that like i've like i didn't i don't think it looks stupid or anything like it just <laughs> it's just um I don't know what it is. There's something about the whole specific, like, super specific genre. Like I, I haven't seen *Mutiny and the Bounty* or, or, or you know, I haven't seen like any of that stuff. Like, it just doesn't like British sailors, the turn of the century. Like, <laughs> come on, yeah. the
2: elite power of the British more. Navy. Just, once upon a time,
1: yeah. yeah,
0: maritime yeah, yeah. warfare. Doesn't Never that turn on. you
1: on? <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
2: it doesn't, dude. I yeah. I gotta say it's a couple things here. So yeah. *Master and Commander* has become the <laughs> <laughs> On the fantasy baseball podcast I do, what? Master Commander's become this running bit because what? this guy who started listening to the show started making these gifts every time I mentioned Master Commander once, and he's made these gifts of us, like you know the scene where. Um, Bettany and Crow are, like, playing cello and violin together. Yep. Yep. This guy made a gif of me. He put my name and Deary's name on each of them. And it was a New Palazzo podcast. It was just so funny. I mean, I just really laughed at his gifts. He's very creative, and it has nothing to do with fantasy baseball whatsoever, but it's, like, a running joke. And now I just love that movie, and I actually put his big speech at the end before they go on to attack the Acheron, I believe it is at the end of our show because it's just so dumb the movie's dumb but it's funny like, in a weird way that would not be like typically funny to people i guess it's an ironic thing now
0: but it's not a good movie necessarily it's kind of dry you're it's talking a dry about movie. no it's it's really good anyone who's ever it's dry it before check it out it's really good if you like like strategic war movies you're gonna love it uh quiet character study i took another know I, I watched Land, travis uh it was exactly what I thought it would be. Like I, I really, I really enjoyed it. But you got to be the type that likes a movie where, like, a scene is like someone like brewing coffee and then like drinking it for like five minutes. Like it's that type where people <laughs> live, and it's like this. I lifestyle. had
1: style a- will yeah, I had to take a lot of breaks, but I think for like for different reasons, like it wasn't even it wasn't even her. It was all the side characters, all the side actors. I would just like kind of start crying every ten minutes, and then I'd have to pause it and go do something for a while. Then I'd come back and watch it for like ten minutes, and then I'd start crying again, and then I'd leave and go do something else. It's really difficult. It's that kind of movie.
0: Yeah, Jeff Nichols does these a lot. He he, it's the, he makes these specific movies about a very very specific demographic of people. So
1: wait if- wait 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 wait. But it was it was it was Chloe Zhao. Or is it Zoe? Chloe, Chloe Chow. I was getting, I was getting yeah. Zoe Chow and Chloe Zhao mixed up. I'm sorry to both of you. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, she's the filmmaker, but she does remind me of Jack Nichols, Jeff Nichols, the filmmaker, where you got these very specific types of people that you would never get to see what the lifestyle is like, uh, and it's not boring for me. So I, I do recommend Nomadland. Frances is fucking on, on, out of control. She's so good, in fact, that yeah. It, it's hard to see, like, you cannot see the wizard behind the corner. She just is the character every single time. She doesn't even seem like she's acting.
1: I think she's going to um, get another Oscar.
0: So yeah, she just, no you know, I took another look at Joker. And every time I watch Joker, I think I think about it differently. I, I never get sick of the film. I think it's a brilliant movie. But every time I watch it, I think of the character as the Joker himself, like that we all know less and less and less. And it just be more of just like, let's face it. This is just a guy that's mentally ill, goes off the deep end, wants to be a comedian. And it's hard for me to make the connection between, you know, the Prince of crime and this character. He's not, he doesn't seem like the evil, like he doesn't seem like that smart at all. He doesn't seem like the, the super sane genius that the Joker is in the comics or the other movies. And he doesn't really seem like he has uh, the, the, the aptitude to pull off like a heist or any great scheme whatsoever. He's just likable disturbed. And it's an incredible film.
1: You know, um, I haven't watched this show, so I'm, g- I'm going to bash it. Uh, the, the new um, version of Perry Mason, which okay. I'm told, which I'm told no, is like on HBO. <laughs> yeah. Which I'm told is set yeah. in a completely different time period. You have like people doing different jobs. Like basically it's the same like character names, but yeah. like it's totally everything else is different. And it okay. just seems like uh, I think that a lot of times, and, and maybe the same thing is going on with Riverdale, another show I don't watch that I'm now apparently trashing. But I've I, never it just seen. Like, it. I
0: love Archie for good things.
1: But it just seems like they're like it, like they're taking familiar things that are familiar to us, and then superimposing them over like new ideas, which or I mean like which is cool. That's kind of how it's done. Don't get me wrong. But like, but but sometimes it's like you could have just told a story about a mentally ill man, but instead you just like. Like, superimposed uh, Joker over it to Out make us more TV likely to watch it, yeah, right? Exactly.
2: Oh boy, controversial take, but that's fair, I can live with it. That's cool. All right, a lot, other not other than that, a
0: lot of Dawson's Creek and Murder She Wrote. That's all. <laughs> oh dear lord, man. Oh, well, obviously, God. all Murder of our she movie wrote.
1: opinions are awesome. Oh, that's it. It. Oh, my street God. <laughs> Murder She Wrote reminds me of like
2: late 80s saturday night depression like a sunday depression maybe oh it's awful it sounds terrible by the way dave Protrusi uh just cannot get into these wes anderson films and i feel bad for him there's not we can do for you dave we're sorry we tried we did the best we could yep. all right so that's it that's it you're done what about you michael well uh <laughs> i'm gonna try this because we are live so it's fun so i'm gonna take some of my time to just share this real quick so i could Give you a little taste of what I was talking about with this stupid GIF. There it is. I don't know if you guys can see that, but it's
0: what? so. <laughs> Someone spent time on that? I know,
2: right? It's so stupid. And I just want to give a shout out to Russell, who actually is a fan of this show too, I believe. Russell Withers. Oh, thank so thanks, Russell.
1: Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's said nice things to us on the internet before. Right. Um, yeah. So th- that those that cool. can't see it right now, we're looking at <laughs> Russell Crowe and Paul Bettany playing musical instruments. <laughs> yes. Indeed. <laughs> so Okay, there
2: it is. Just wanted to show that. It's over. Anywho, uh, yeah, whoa! Yeah, it's like the it's like staring vertex into The, the void
1: for a minute there yeah. is Lovecraftian.
2: Weird! Alright, so, uh, I watched Bottle Rocket, of course, which we'll talk about shortly, and I also watched other movies, and the list is right here. Here we go. So, I watched um, Saving Mr. Banks. <laughs> okay, guys, right. uh,
0: Check this one out.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw it when it was new.
2: Yeah, um, I wanted to look into how much of it was like legit or not. And I didn't get a chance to do that, which I wish I would have done for the show. But
1: I think it's pretty I legit, I think. Well, they Let's have go- the
2: tape at the end in the credits of her, the actual because, you know, she wanted everything recorded when she was there with Mr. Dinsey. So the basically the quickly the movies about the lady who wrote, uh, you know, P.L. Travers wrote Mary Poppins and right. Walt Disney's 20 year quest to get Mary Poppins rights for the film, which eventually did happen. And she wanted everything recorded on tape. And then the credits at the end, they actually play a tape of the real PL Travers talking with uh, whoever the people were about the beginning of the script. And Eric, you always make fun of me for the fast forwarding of films, and this is an all timer for fast forwarding because I really was into the current setting. This movie goes back and forth with the like. All right, we got to sell PL Travers. We got to get her. That's like the focus, but. It goes back and forth every other scene between her childhood and the current time. Back and forth. Not like once in a while. Every other scene. Yeah. Every other scene. And I'm just like, I don't care. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care. I'm very interested in the current setting. I don't care about Colin Farrell
1: being her dad in Australia you've in 1910. never, But you've never seen the movie before? I have, yeah. Oh, once oh, okay. I saw it once. All right. Okay, yeah. all right. But would you, so what, you wouldn't do that with a movie that you'd never seen before, though, right? No, I wouldn't. You're right. Okay. That is true. Yes. Good point. Well, well, uh,
2: well said, sir. That's true. I had seen it before, and I was like, "All right, we're it again." There is a crucial difference. You are correct. Anywho, but I didn't care. I was just like, "Okay, blah blah blah." Yep, daddy's a drunk. Uh, sad, sad, sad. Okay, yep, uh huh. But I was really into like. It was really cool to see. What's this? Tracian Schwartzman. As one of the Sherman brothers. <laughs> he's so serious this movie. Like, he's not yeah. joking around. He's like, he's always so, I don't know, like, uh, sarcastic-ish. I don't know. He's always like a cynical. I see a lot of roles where he's like playing cynical roles. and this one, he's so earnest. It was weird.
1: But it was good. He has a way of always playing something like in this meta way where it just kind of feels like you know he's acting and that like and it yes. also and it also works in a lot of movies. It which does is the weirdest thing about it. Like sometimes it takes like sometimes it doesn't, but but like it's 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 really a unique gift that he has.
2: <laughs> I think you're right. It that is so bizarre now that you say that. But so that was uh well said. Much much better than I would have spoke about it. So anyways, yeah. Save it, Mr. Banks. I recommend watching it if you never watched it. It's not like just total Disney fluff. It's kind of serious at times. Uh, I watched Mall Rants as a tribute to Eric Brandstrom. I hadn't watched it in a long, 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 long time. I fired it back up. And I have the copy that we didn't grow up with, though, which is a completely different version of this movie. Are we aware of this? Travis, are you aware of this? No, I don't like, know what you're talking about. So growing up when we had it on VHS and so we used to watch it, it started off with, like, this story that is told, and there's a fight between, um, you know, the two main characters, yeah. and then they break up, and then it goes into, like, the Rats version of the movie, but in this version, there's this whole whoop-to-do where <laughs> the Jason London, Jeremy London, I can't remember which one's which, the London guy playing TJ Quince is dressed up as a revolutionary guard with a gun. And there's a governor's ball with, yeah, with Michael Rooker and this whole scene about an attempted assassination. And that's what, what? ruins dude. it for. Yes, dude, I, I swear, I have this copy. This is like a completely alternate beginning. Like,
1: yeah, this is like the Australian version. Like, right? where, what is this? I know, where, it's where crazy. It
2: it's so, I don't know where I got it from. I just had, I've had the copy for like 10 years and it's just so much worse with this. It's, it's <laughs> so much better the way it ended up coming out. But this exists. And it doesn't have, like, an alternate choice. This is just the copy of it that it is, which is so weird. It's so strange. And it keeps going throughout the movie, like, because there's, like, extended scenes of it. And they're, like, refer- oh, you're the guy who almost killed the governor. And it just goes on and on and on.
1: Oh, so it's something that they cut out for the American Enti- version. Or- entirely.
2: Yeah, oh, wow. Entirely. It's really weird. strange. So, so that was weird. It's much better the way that's, it was. That's like
1: in Clerks, how there was a whole thing in Clerks where it ends up with it's like all like because he got sh- he gets shot at the end. It's all like the last day of his life. But then oh, they yeah. and then they made the movie like oh that's that's really just sucks everything out of the, out of makes the movie completely <laughs> awful. Let's let's just snip that right on the right off.
2: <laughs> I think that's another thing that happened with him. Yeah, maybe he was always maybe a little too grand in the storytelling and he had people that would just like let's tighten this up a little bit and it's yeah. better the way it was originally
1: uh, i watched this cas- coming in yeah
2: roddy <laughs> i watched a uh, casino and watched oh. casino in a long time as well and has there ever been a more annoying character in the history of life has there ever been a more annoying character than sharon stone's character
0: oh
1: boy has there I mean, she's playing an annoying person. Like, like oh, it's I not, know she is. Like, it's it's like great. She, she does a, she, yeah, she does. A, I, think she does a, I think she does a great job. The, she was nominated for it, wasn't she, she? Well served, yes. It's so, I mean, I'm still
2: feeling it today. So, yeah, it's a great job on her part. I'm not yeah. belittling her at all. It's just so annoying. A more oh. annoying
1: <sighs> character. Hit us up, folks. Who are the most annoying people in the cinema. We're well, just yes. curious to hear what you think. Oh, my God. That. I'm the curious. annoying ro- like uh, roles,
2: not it could be the actors oh, well, too. Well, yeah, guess, but.
1: most annoying roles. I mean, like John Leguizamo in the Pest, uh, obviously, got to make the list.
0: <laughs> by, by far, for me, it's animated, but there's this movie called Fernand. It's like based on the beloved children. Yeah, ball, like this. Ball. Ball. Kate McKinnon plays like this goat. It's it's unbelievable how uh, like annoying this is. It's, I it, my I had a headache immediately as soon as she started talking. By far, the worst. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay. Well, there we go. That's, yeah, that's an interesting topic, but Sharon Stone, she does a great job, but I just, uh, just like you're unbelievable. Or course, bear- track
0: record with female characters is not good, aside from Malice doesn't live here anymore, and it's, it's definitely not good. I mean, there's a whole big All conversation right. there, but take a look at our okay. filmography. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. That's a fair point, too, but yeah. Uh, anyways. Oh, I watched a movie called Good Luck Chuck. You guys ever All seen right. this movie? <laughs> no.
1: I turned it off. Oh,
2: dude. <laughs> <laughs> this movie, this Dang movie yeah. is so canceled. I mean, this is 2007. <laughs> this came out. Dane that's Cook.
1: The, that's when I that's when I saw it and turned it off. Like this is just trash. Like why am I? Oh why yeah, am I watching this.
2: I had it on DVD back in 07 when I had Blockbuster Online, and I would just get tons of movies. And Dane Cook was huge in 2007. This is how big he was. He could have his own movie that he starred in and could do whatever he wanted. Where he's a curse. But he's a blessing to others. Because if you have sex with him, then you'll get married to the next person you meet. It's just it's awful. It's so awful. It's very crass. And it's not even like funny crass. It's just fucking stupid.
1: So stupid. I mean, what do we expect here? Well, Well,
2: I'm not a fan of Dane Cook. No one is. Did you guys? Somebody see Mr. was Brooks? some. No, that's bullshit. Someone was. I'm not Someone saying you were. It
1: wasn't me. That's why I turned the movie off. I mean, I never, I never liked. Oh it. fuck, you guys. Are you mean. remember? Like, no, you remember Mr. Brooks? You, you had to like talk me. I liked Mr. Brooks, but you had to talk me into it because I'm like fucking Dane Cook. Oh is yeah, yeah, of course. It? No. Sure. Kevin Costner. I never saw that one. Yeah. It was good, it was well, good Eric. Reason. You have a
0: comment on this? It seems like maybe you want to admit to something. I love Mister Brooks, and you know what? I had a with Cook? Dane Cook for a long time. Like the big arenas, his big cocky attitude. Yeah, I listened to one of his specials a couple years ago. I was laughing.
2: Ah-ha! We got him. We found wow. him. Wow. There it is. <laughs> that is the kind of honesty we do appreciate, though, Eric. We do. Thank you for. We do like that. I don't want to chastise you for that well, was not easy
0: to admit. Sure. I just set the ego aside and take it for face value. And that's how you get great if man. Once his own material, I was laughing at it.
1: Until you get great, you hang your balls out there. (laughs) (laughs)
2: That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, But yeah, the movie's terrible. Don't ever watch it. It actually one-ups the wedding. No, the Wedding Crashers uh, sex montage scene where like it's just women. It's just so blatantly awful. This movie takes it to the next fucking awful level. It's so bogusly stupid. Please okay. don't ever watch it. I'm glad that I watch it so you wouldn't watch it. Uh, yeah, I watched Glenn Gary, problem. Glenn Ross. I hadn't watched that in a couple of years. Oh. Good to watch some Glenn Gary. Check in on that. And finally, the one I'm going to recommend is uh, Fences. You guys ever watch Fences with the. Uh... No, I'm an heavy. asshole,
1: but mean to. Uh, yeah, Denzel, <laughs> but Denzel directed it, right? He yeah. also
0: directed it, yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. You uh, got to be in the mood, Trash, because it's very heavy. That's but it's why it's it, great.
1: That's it. That's why I haven't watched very it. Very heavy. I
0: mean, it's August Wilson, so it's you got to be prepared.
1: Yes. Yeah, that, Derek that's, it's, it's, that's I appreciate that. I do. Um, that's exactly. That's exactly why I haven't watched. It. I mean, it's it's like it's wh- why it took me what fucking thirty years to watch. To do the right thing. I'm like, oh, no, <laughs> this is gonna be intense. And you know what? It was more intense than I was even prepared for. But you know, that's what you gotta. That's what you gotta do sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you gotta sit a bunch of seventeen year olds down and make them watch Twelve Years of Slave against their will. I'm like, it's intense. <laughs> that's it's your intense, job, man. Your, your life is gonna be changed.
2: That's part of your job. So I commend you for doing that. This is a. Uh, this movie is not, it's based on a play, so it's very like play like you know not a lot of various scenery, <laughs> you know it's a lot of time at the house uh, in fences and if you're not down with that, then I wouldn't watch this movie. But if you're cool with the fact that it was a play and they tried to turn it into a movie, and it's directed by Denzel and it has Viola Davis and really wow. really powerhouse wow. acting. This is like two, these two at their best in terms of dramatic acting, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. But it's certainly
0: I'm going to watch it, this, watch it oh. this week. Wow, okay. Well, there to. you go. I, <laughs> I have
2: got to. I commit. He's committing. That's impressive. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, it's it's got a lot going on. No doubt about it. So, But I would recommend it. All right, there it is. So those are our recommendations for this week. We hope you're uh, living well and happy and within your means. And if you're not living within your means, hey, that's okay. Things will... There'll be a bailout for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Stay tuned. <Stop> uh, <laughs> Cinnamon Eye Podcast at protonmail.com. If you want to send us an email. As Eric said last week, it's been... Four months, you said, in an email? Four
0: oh, that months. was a joke. We get many, many emails per week. But the problem is, you know, the timing of the show. Sometimes we can't put one in because of, we run out of time. But we're always uh, looking forward to seeing your email. and maybe July. We'll we haven't got any oh. emails. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're both dry here. So, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anything. your favorite actor. We don't care. <laughs>
2: okay all right well, that's the truth we try to keep it real so yeah if you want to send us an email about something you heard today please do cinnamon ipod at and of course we got the facebook group which is great you can head over to that page and check out what travis has been watching and hear some random comments on instagram as well where we post this day in movie history or a movie review on occasion a lot a lot of places to interact with us if you desire oh and real quickly of course the five-star review apple pods yeah Not just the rating, a quick like comment too helps. Apparently that makes it better. If you could say, hey, these guys talk about movies and it's great exclamation point. That's all you gotta do. That's all you have to do. Now it is time for does it hold up pointless act. You don't give a $500 tip to the housekeeper.
0: That's inappropriate. That's inexcusable that I don't forgive. What were you thinking? What were you thinking? That's what don't she is! Don't call her the housekeeper. Don't threaten me. That's what she is. She is a housekeeper, right? People are housekeepers. You better watch it, Digdon. You don't, don't know what me. you're talking don't about right me, now. Man. Her name's Inez. And my name's Digdon, man. So what?
2: We've done this 46 plus times. Yes. Bow Rocket, 1996 movie. Directed by Wes Anderson. His feature debut. Fair to say, right? It definitely uh, was. Even though it's based on the like, short.
0: Bottle Rocket? Yeah.
2: Did you guys watch minutes? it? I watched it. I, last did. I
0: did. I loved it. I love the short. I have cute. never seen the short,
2: and
1: I should. I should have. You watched have. It. You have seen the short because it's basically like a 13 minute sequence from the movie, just shot less good and in black and white when they're a little bit younger.
2: Oh, okay. That's well, part. good. Well, I'm off the hook then. Thank
1: you. You are. You really are. <laughs> yeah,
2: 1996. Yeah, you know, we were all in high school, 16 years old or 15, coming into our prime. You know, because if that's the prime of your life, then that's kind of sad. Actually, I take that back. Uh, anywho, of course. We'd like to go back in time and see where everybody was. And Travis, do you remember watching this movie on VHS? Because I do not remember this movie in the theater at all. I'm going to admit that freely.
1: It 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 was released in theaters. In fact, it, it just had its 25th anniversary of being released in theaters a few days ago. Um, so happy 25th anniversary, Bottle Rocket. But Ooh. it was it was in limited theaters. I'm pretty sure it wasn't something that people saw in, in theaters. You know, um, I saw in it. Theaters. Yeah, <laughs> I, I saw it on VHS when it came out. And this was one that um me and my brother Judd just really glommed onto. Like we were just really into it. Judd had the poster in his room. Uh, we, you know, like in my family, as I've mentioned before, we like, like you know, we just kind of grew up quoting movies together and just being like bonding over movies. But as we got older, there was like less of those. And this was one of those, like, uh, you know, at, at nine, in 1996, this ended up being one that we really, you know, maybe one of the last ones we really like bonded over together. This and Starship Troopers, I think in the same year, we were both really watching a lot of together. So it was good to watch it again. I hadn't seen it in a while.
2: <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and and <hot! laughs> Eric
0: Brandstrom. Take us back in time. I'd have to take you to probably 2000 because uh first oh. West Anderson film I saw was Rushmore in theaters. It was so unique that I had to go back a second time. I just didn't know what I was looking at. I wasn't familiar with his homage to like Godard and the French New Wave and all and Hal Ashby, obviously. So it was so unique and unusual for me that I didn't know how I felt about even that at first. So I ended up really liking that. Then I took a look at this on video. I didn't care for it, okay? So the 90s there was so many cr- like this crime comedies. That's like, like all of the 90s, that's all you're going to see, especially posts like Get Shorty and stuff is every, everything the fucking kid it has in a duffel bag. So it it just didn't sink its teeth into me for some reason, and I'm sorry to say I haven't seen it since un- until uh, last night.
2: Hey, by the way, are the Golden Globes this weekend? I, don't know. I believe think
1: they are the Sunday. We are yes. we're idiots.
2: We should have done a Golden
1: Globe segment. I, just, I mean, that's how I feel. Look, we've been over. The, fuck the Hollywood Foreign Press. It, it, it's, a of, it's a bunch of fucking randoms yeah, yeah. that have this bizarre power arbitrarily over our society. I mean, like this whole yeah. thing, this whole scandal Free. about them getting uh, getting wooed by the Emmeline Perry show, and yeah. like. Uh, it's getting nominated. Everyone being like, "What the?" F-? Now I haven't seen the show. Maybe it's fantastic, but the scandal is that it fucking sucks, and that uh, everybody that nominated just happened to get wined and dined and taken on vacation. So I mean, like, and it's been like that for a while. It's it's just, it's just, it's like like it's this behind closed doors group. Give me the fucking Academy. There give, you me go. This, give me this the Screen Actors Guild. I, I, I could give a shit about the Golden Glows. Yeah, we're gonna
0: wow. skip it, Mike. As soon as the Oscar noms hit, we maybe we'll do an Oscar pre-show. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay, that's... A- who the
2: fuck is this asshole?
0: That's right. Check what you think about the Hollywood Foreign Press. <laughs> <laughs> that's the double about, truth, Ruth. By the okay. way, coming to
2: America too, coming no out truth. soon. But I want to talk about that as well on another show. Anyway, let's, let's get back to Bottle Rocket. Uh, Derek Fern checking in. Bottle Rocket on Brown. That's classic right there. Brown right. is Jimmy Takas' oh. who's been referenced on the show many times. And most of the people that listen to the show know who he is. He had a ch- couch that was Brown, but it was a huge, giant, like... What do they call Very those cool. things? Sectionals, it's just like. Yeah.
0: And then it wasn't even a sectional anymore. It was just like the cushions were everywhere. Fifteen guys in their early twenties laying on the same big couch, sleeping together. Stinks, <laughs> you know, like, stinks. Just, it must have stunk so bad.
1: Yeah, on oh, just the smart. cushions because the couch itself, the so like, secretion, disappeared. Yeah, the
2: couch itself disappeared, but then like these, it's just like this wrestling mat of cushions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we would just sleep on them.
2: Yeah, was, yeah. Wow, sometimes. Fuck was
1: animals. Just,
2: mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> uh, so it's a good point that you bring up Rushmore, and yeah. I'm even going to bring up the Tenenbaums bombs because yeah. I, I'm pretty confident I didn't even see Bottle Rocket until I heard Corey make this joke. Corey a friend of ours as well. Mm-hmm. This is so this is like 2001 after Tenen bombs come out. He had just seen it in the theater. And then he kept making this joke about uh, where Hackman and Glover are arguing in the kitchenette that one time, and <laughs> like, did you just call me Cold like, okay. I was like what does that mean? He kept saying that over and over again. And then, so I found out what Tannenbaum's was, and then I discovered Rushmore, which is great, and then I finally saw Bottle Rocket. So I think I probably saw it even after you did, Eric. Okay, I just,
1: you guys, relate to the game.
2: Yeah, I was very late to the game, and I very much remember though, seeing VHS copies of Bottle Rocket at like. All the friends who had movies houses. I'm if like, I, what I is that? Yeah, yes, I, had I definitely saw it there many times. I'm like, what is that? And I never was box there copy. where it was being viewed or. Not pirated.
1: Made... It had legitimate box copy. Yeah, we well, yeah. for
2: yeah. It. Yes, this is not a mixtape. This is a yeah. true One box copy. <laughs> and I'm like, what is Bottle Rocket? And I don't know. It just kind of kind of went over my head. Sometimes okay. when you're young and life's moving fast, you just don't catch everything.
1: I'd sit around and watch that. I'd watch A Life Less Ordinary, you know. Another uh, one I never saw till a couple I months ago. Freeway. Ooh, I love Freeway. Yeah. These movies were like in heavy rotation around that time.
2: So Bottle Rocket, uh, care to venture a guess on the IMDb score, Travis and Eric. I looked. I looked. Spoiler. I did not
1: look. I'm going to guess high, though. I'm going to say 7.5. 7.5.
2: I didn't look till I just went to the screen, so now I'm out. I wish I would have closed my eyes for just a second so I could take a guess. The answer is 7.0. Rock solid, 7.0. And Rotten Tomatoes, we always get the critics' reviews and breakdowns of our movies that we're focusing on because, you know, hey, we like to show that it's not just about us. We care about what other people have to say. And even if we don't care, we at least incorporate it. 85% critics, that's a really good score. 80% audience, slightly lower, but, you know, no worse for the wear, I would say. And critics, you know, loving this at 85%. There's a small amount of reviews as opposed to some other movies. only four pages of reviews. We've had 15 pagers, 11 pagers. And Kim Newman of Empire Magazine said, A lot of the script has the ring of authenticity, if only because all the private jokes and references that pass by are plainly embedded in the real lives of the creators. Okay. I think that's fair. That's a fair... uh,
1: I'll buy that for a dollar.
2: <laughs> David Rooney of Variety says, full of surprising warmth and charm, unexpected plot turns, and droll characters that bounce <laughs> off each other in refreshing ways. This genre-defined Columbia pickup may struggle to overcome its lack of an obvious marketing handle. Very business-like review there. Oh, well, it,
1: it did flop. I mean, like we're, we're lucky that this, that this filmmaker uh, came out in the 90s when... They were allowed to have a flop the first time and get another shot. Be like, you know what? You, you show promise, kid. We're going to give you some more money and we're going to give you another shot. We're going to actually give you more money than last time and a bigger star. Here you go. Have Bill.
2: So you, you really change. do think things have changed now. There's no doubt about it.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I I think I mean, look what happened. Not to get into Bowden and Fleck again, but I mean, look what happened to them. Everyone acted. I mean, like because I mean, like. Captain Marvel was a smashing success. It, it was a huge, it made so much money. It was one of the biggest many movie makers, money makers of the year. Uh, of, it's one of the mon- big, you know, whatever. It's a huge success by anyone's metric. But yeah. like, because there was some, some people on the Twitter machine going, ruh, ruh, ruh. They, I mean, like they got kicked off of it. I th- I think that anymore, like I think that the pe- the studios are just way overly responsive to um, to, to, to the public feedback, and uh, an auteur, a really ta- talented a- artist, like I mean, I, it helped that Martin Scorsese championed this movie uh, personally. Like he just kind of like talked about it when it came out and, and told people to watch it, and that that helped a lot. But um, if if had the not if if the right eyes hadn't seen this movie, you know, I mean, like I don't think that he would have gotten. The, the money to do the chance to do Rushmore, which really set his career on the, on the really on the trajectory that it really went on to have.
0: I was surprised to know that he had teamed up with good old Jim Brooks just to get this feature off the ground after his short went to Sundance. Uh, Mike, did you take a look at that research? I did not
2: hear that. That is fascinating. Good old Jimmy Brooks checking in, huh? This doesn't have a streak of Jimmy Brooks in it at
0: all, but I'm glad that he supported it probably financially even. So yeah, he helped him whip the script into shape and, I tell you, I love the short film, and I think a lot of the, some of the best, most fun I have in the in the feature film comes from that short where it's, uh, you know, many things. But, uh, yeah, Jim Brooks really told them to whip it into shape because this went through several, several drafts, and then he had a big uh. hand in it, and, and God bless him. But, I mean, today, Mike, you can be a juggernaut. Look at, um, reminds me of Colin Trevorrow, who makes Jurassic World. And they got him lined up for Star Wars. They got him lined up for part two. One tiny little personal project he makes, Book of Henry, flops, loses so much money, and they pull him from both projects, man. So it's just a studio getting cold feet nowadays. They're not taking a chance on these smaller films, especially with these mid-level budgets. It's sad because you don't get a lot of material that you normally would because they're afraid to take a chance. It's got to be a sure thing, Mike. It's either a sequel or it's you know a, a known property or an IP. An
2: IP, there it is. I knew that's why you to bring right.
1: that up. Which is why you got to paint Joker onto it,
2: <laughs> dude. There's also never been a better time, maybe, to get around the system because there's so much access and way to publish stuff out there. Sure. So I, I will say that too. I think that's it. Does you're right. The studio system has never been narrower. I would agree it, with that.
1: And at the same time, things like like last year, the vast of night. Um, let me think what other streamers were big, like uh, kind of, uh, um, well, the vast of night. Yeah, Palm Springs. There was, there was yeah. some, some, some streamers, some stuff. Yeah, there's maybe- so many
2: streamers available now that you could get on when you normally couldn't because there's more avenues.
1: Right. So, so there is, I mean, like, but, but, but even then, like, how, how well advertised is it going to be? Every now and then I'll watch this movie on Netflix and be like, fuck, I would have watched this years ago Absolutely. had I known it existed. <laughs> That's a
2: whole other conversation about how the mainstream pop culture has been dissected and broken apart. much that you could just miss things that are great and you're not in that bubble
1: so that's part of the i think allure of this film is that it's you know the 90s not to be like oh the 90s you know but like it was (laughs) (laughs) it it really was kind of it was one of the last gas. it was the last gasp of of true independent film and and um in there i mean like i'm not saying there's there's not it's not happening at all anymore because it is and people are seeing it but like in terms of it being Produced and then distributed, where people like Joe Schmo in Nowheresville, like me, could see it and internalize it and, and have it be like part of my, my my story with my brother, you know, like, like, that's, that, <laughs> that's not something that's likely to happen. I think to a lot of filmmakers. A cornfield in 1996. Yes. <laughs> basically what <laughs> that's, was. Right. That's basically where it ended up. <laughs> and, uh, you know, luckily movie land had it on VHS or whatever. And I was able to rent it and watch it and be like, Oh, there's a whole world outside of mine. And it looks kind of like mine. And they go out there and they shoot guns in that field. Cause that's pretty much, it looks just, it's all shot in Houston and, and like outside of Houston and it looks not that different from other than other than Houston.
2: No, no you're right. And this movie, uh, you know, they all connected at the University of Texas. I believe that's where the friendships all started. And also, we got to get Desen Thompson on the record. A hilarious, inventive, and goofy breath of fresh air.
0: That's simple, <laughs> oh, Thank you. Awesome. Right.
2: Rock solid. Breakdown. So yes, this is an independent movie, and it's these guys are all pals. It's the beginning of the Wilson brothers. One Wilson bro. Hey, look at that. Fee, shut up. The Wilson brothers. At this time, in my opinion, you know, Luke Wilson took off first. That's how I see their careers. Like Owen, oh, you know, he did that fucking dumb movie with minus man. No, no, the one where he go, good. he gets crashes in a plane. Yes, like, yeah, with Gene yeah. Hackman. That's where right. like. And then Tenenbaums came out the same year, and then suddenly Owen Wilson. I'm just talking about the mainstream. I hate that movie. I, I love Tenenbaums, but I don't like the enemy lines. But it seems so out of character for Owen Wilson Ol- to be in that movie. But Luke Wilson was big first, you know? He kind of blew up, in my opinion, of the Wilson brothers. And, of course, Andrew, the third Wilson brother in this movie, Future Man. Future Man. <laughs> don't, forget about, don't forget about Future Man, who is hilarious. In this movie. Very, he also plays... In uh, 2005's Idiocracy, he plays Burrito Supreme. So don't forget about that. Andrew Wilson. There it is, Brondo. That's perfect. Perfect setting. So what is our take on this? Does it matter who blew up first? Did you guys see the way I did? Because I feel like Owen Wilson is the better actor overall, without a doubt, actually, in terms of, like, acting chops. But Wilson kind of got the run first.
0: Yeah, they're both so natural. But for me, geez, I was really blown away by how just effortless – Owen Wilson is in this role it's it can take some actors years trying to achieve the type of like affability that Owen Wilson says in every single one of his lines so for him to have a connection with an audience as a newcomer right out of the gate when he wasn't even interested in acting in the film at all but rather writing is amazing
1: yeah uh, he so I gotta throw scored... that in there real quick so. <laughs> sorry did somebody say Wilson
0: thank you Matt Wilson <laughs>
1: He, he kind of strolls in with this uh, confidence that you, like I mean, it makes me think of Vince Vaughn and Swingers, um, you know, like where mm-hmm. it's just like I I am not a movie star, but yeah. I I'm gonna bring that movie star quality to this role and not try to, and then I'll become a movie star. And here I am now, I'm a movie star. And and a, and deconstructing Harry? Am I out of focus? You, you are totally Robin Williams. <laughs> am I Robin, right Robin Williams now?
2: right What what's wrong?
1: Getting a major, uh, we're getting a major deconstructed Harry moment. Oh, I'm back. Okay, I'm back. Right. Sorry.
2: Okay. Sorry. The,
1: that the, really those funny. that are just listening and wa- not watching, you may have picked up on the fact that our host went out of focus for a moment.
2: <laughs> that was great. I wish I yeah. could make that happen on cue. Uh, yeah. No. But you're right. He does have that natural charisma without trying to be anything. It just. Yeah. It's part of his. This is part of who he is. I think. He. I don't even know if he could try not to be that way. And he. It's so funny in this movie, man. There's so many funny bits in this movie. It's a comedy. It's truly a comedy. It, there are some serious parts, like you know, Anthony starts off in the nut house, and <laughs> he says, "Hey, hey, be sensitive to the fact that other people aren't comfortable talking." It's so the way he talks and his lines delivered so funny.
1: Well, I, I, it occurred to me why he might be sensitive about being like, being called a nuthouse. house. They, they met, in a, they all three met in an in insane asylum, right in the in the in the movie is what I think I picked up at the end. Because one of the last oh. things that Dignan says to him, Dignan that's named after the guy that plays the uh, the employee at the bookstore. Anyways, oh, okay. uh, it's a, fr- a friend of theirs actually named Dignan. Anyways. Oh. Um, there is a Dignan. Wow. There is a real life Dignan. They're yeah. Um, but, oh wait, I lost my thread there. Where was I going with that? You oh, you're Talking they all, about the uh, nut house. Uh, they all oh, met, yeah, yeah. So one of the last things he says in in, in the movie is, uh, you know, isn't it funny that I used to be in the nut house and now I'm in jail? But the movie starts with them with, with them getting uh you know getting Anthony out of the nut house. Oh yeah, you're so right. That's- I was like, oh shit, wait, wait a minute. It, it, it never occurred to me before, until last night. But I'm like, fuck, they probably met in a different insane asylum, and that's how they became so close. Which they should have been pl- playing brothers, anyways. But whatever. Um, and I'm like, oh shit, I bet they all met because they don't seem to have that much in common culture in the back like their economic background with Bob in particular. Like but Bob seems a little off and future man clearly like <laughs> like traumatizes him. Like I'm like, fuck, I bet they all met in, in an insane asylum. Oh, they okay. should have
0: illustrated that more because that would have made these characters make a lot more sense to me because they're 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 so oddly autonomous that it's hard for me to make sense out of any of
1: their motivations. Yeah, but then if you know that then you then it turns into the dream team. Right. If you, if you know that it turns into like a goofy romp where you like where you have like a like these like it gives you enough because, you know, that Anthony's coming out of something and you yeah. know that Dignan's weird because they show you right at the beginning. He's really fucking weird. So, it does, <laughs> you, so it's not like, you know, it's not too far off.
0: Yeah.
2: We point. also know Anthony's problems are not that bad. You know, when he tries to explain it to that girl who's like, you're really complicated, aren't you? And he's he's like, one day I, I was be. sitting <laughs> out. Yeah, I try not to be. One day I was <laughs> sitting out by the pool. And I decided, she's like, you want to lay out or go on the beach? And it's like, not only did I want to ever make that decision again. Like, that's, come on, dude. That's not the biggest problem in the world. You just
1: wanted to move. You you, you (laughs) hung out with assholes. You just needed a break from assholes.
2: And Bob is clearly, the parents are always out and about on the world. They're never home. They're rich, very, very, very rich people. So Bob is just... You know, he's a classic like rich boy. You know, the what do they call that? The the uh, affluenza. He just doesn't know what to do with himself. You know, it's just so easy, but I have no direction at the same time. But everything's cool because it's all paid for. And his worst problem is his brother's a dick, which he very much. Is a dick. Yeah, he's a big dick. Yeah. <laughs> the question he asked about why
1: is Bob's car parked out front? <laughs> he. Lives there so dumb. No, no, no. My favorite part is like he picks up a leaf. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so funny. You promised me you clean this. What the fuck is this? What the fuck is this? But like, then you go gonna- <laughs> how dare there be a mother? Okay, he takes it inside to show him like I found a yep. leaf in the fucking pool. <laughs> And then there's this whole back.
2: So that is, it's such great writing. That shows you how talented that Wes Anderson really was already. I know this whole Nicky background Koro. argument in the back in the house while they're having this forward conversation in the foreground between her and the two Dignan and Anthony. It's so well done. It shows you that's talent. I think that is talent, regardless of was just his idea or everyone's collaboration to make that happen.
1: You know, and there's so much in this movie that like is really indicative of the things that are. To come from Wes Anderson, you know, and like some of it's like super obvious, like when like when Dignan first shows him the plan, and you get like some little music, and you get like a drawn out like plan, like <laughs> it's like, well, I'm watching a Wes Anderson movie, that's for sure. But there's there's other moments that are that are that signal that too. Like right before the, the the moment I was just talking about on the bus, like it starts off with the cameras in this position, and then it just swivels like on a pivot, yeah, and like even just that movement. Like even just like some of the camera movements like that yeah. like wow that just feels so like I don't even need to have the mother's ball like background noise with fans like, right like like it, like, it, like it just even just visually like this is fucking anderson like he really had a style going in and 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 just developed it more and more as he's gone along
0: yeah, yeah for yeah, first yeah. for it being his inaugural effort to already almost be an auteur in and of itself is unbelievable um the short film itself has this instant just sweetness that he carries all the way until this very day uh it's it's just pure wes anderson's easy breezy atmosphere and even back then these characters like they always like look up to someone else in the movie in like a very honest sweet way and that's probably one of my favorite parts about all of his movies they're just yeah they're a little guileless but they're just so charming that you cannot turn your back on them
2: yeah i agree with you there There, (laughs) it's, it's just a funny movie to me i I've seen it so many times in my life, and I hadn't watched it in a little bit, but the jokes always still hit. These people don't necessarily... It's clear that Bob and Dignan, they don't like each other. They just don't. And they're never <laughs> going to get along. Right. And they're Anthony's friends for like Anthony. the lynch he's, he's,
1: Yeah, he's that guy. He's that friend.
2: He's definitely. Right. And, like, so they... <laughs> When they And they go out to that motel and they go on the land, So they rob the bookstore, which is the stupidest place to rob, a bookstore of all well, places. It like,
0: was like $58 in that till,
2: man. I That's know. There's like, no way it was $500 in there. <laughs> and that was after that. would already been on the land for a few days. So that implies there's more than $500 in that bookstore not buying that. It's pretty dumb. I mean,
1: I, I, I will say, you know, it's worth it. Like, it's a comedy, you know. Like always, I, I try to like just approach it like, okay, it's a comedy. I don't need to like a, be too critical about this. But I did think a couple times during this movie, like, oh yes, they are they are robbing people at gunpoint here. Our, <laughs> our heroes are are very much traumatizing people and and holding a huge gun, on, like a, a big gun. fucking gun in their face. This is the more the yeah. worst moment. It's like it's it's like and it and somehow unlike most movies, like you really just don't care in this <laughs> like it's just like it's fine they're, they're so well-intentioned they they just want to but and that's like and that's one of the funny things about this is just like the rom- like the romanticization of 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 criminality right like that's Mm -hmm. and that's as American as apple pie right there's there's, there's always been people even before there was cinema there was people that idolized bank robbers and that kind of stuff and that's and that's what these guys are doing they're just playing bankrupt they can't even plan the bank robbery because they're fighting over who gets to play with the gun that's right Right? Bob
2: buys the gun and he keeps touching it while Dignan's trying to lay the plan which again is more Wes Anderson-esque stuff when they have the plans laid out and they're trying to set all that stuff up but (laughs) no gang
1: (laughs) And, and, and ultimately, you know, it's really Dignan that just wants to do it. And, and one of the things I love most about this movie is, is, is Dignan just like he's, he's victorious in defeat through, you know, like and the way this movie ends, like, he's just like, Hey, we did it. Didn't we, we, we fucking did it. And like, when he goes back in there, like he knows he's going to get caught, but he also thinks he's not going to get caught. But it doesn't even matter. Like he's, as, as he's, as he's being arrested, he looks fucking triumphant he's being, yeah. as he's being put into the cop car. And, and like, and like. He's just proud of himself. Like he doesn't even think like I'm a fucking loser, like criminal. That not even like like I'm not. I'm like this is like the most bumbling fucking (laughs) reservoir dongs bullshit. He doesn't. He doesn't (laughs) think that at all. You know he's proud of himself. He he's like I fucking did it, man. And that's what's so
2: funny about it. (laughs) Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones are playing for the first time, which is going to be a typical thing for Wes Anderson down the road, which is also a copy of Scorsese. So no wonder Scorsese liked this. He's like, oh, cool. You threw stones in at the final scene. That was awesome. No, oh, no, that was man.
1: Mother's Bar. That was Mother's Bar, the final scene.
2: No, I meant the uh, robbery scene. So uh, not the
0: final, final scene. My fault. But yeah, go ahead, Eric. Sorry. Oh, uh, no, I mean. Anytime, like, you're, you, one of your leads has, like, this much ambition and, like, no one has more ambition than the fucking Dignan in this movie, you root for him. And I think that's why we, we, uh, you know, turn a blind eye to the criminality. And maybe even why the, he gets fucking 23 months in jail for, like, robbing people at gunpoint. That's like, did the judge just get smoke bombs? <laughs> hey, or like, say
1: what you will, but he's no cynic and he's no quitter. <laughs> That's
2: right. That is so true. That is great. Camp Douglas sucks, but you're right. Yeah, it's good to know that. And I will give them credit for that, Travis. I think you said it well, man. I I never even like think anybody's in danger. Every time I've ever watched that scene, I'm just like, oh. Yeah. oh. Well, I just keep thinking loaded. about the tape. I'll think about the tape on the nose. And He's like, why are you wearing the tape on your nose? He just points a big gun at it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Such a, these little movements he does, man. That's does
0: the does the fact that the, it is... Don't call so, me a punk! <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't call me a moron, you punk. Does the fact that, like, there doesn't really seem to be consequences for these guys. Is that a detriment to the movie in terms of there being, you know, tension about them getting caught or anything you know,
1: happening to them? When the movie started, like, I'm like, hmm, I think there's not going to be any consequences for their actions. Yeah. Here. You know, and I was kind of, like, thinking, and again, like, one, there is Dignan goes to jail, and he's the one that needs to go to jail most because, honestly, the other two guys, they're not doing any of this shit without him. Well, when he's
0: when Dignan's know? in jail, it's almost like he's just taking a vacation before his next heist. It's, it he's got CRS.
2: Happen. He's got CRS, man. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but I, Abe Henry is the real asshole. I mean, he's actually like a dick. He's a cold-hearted scumbag, but he's still fun. still have a good time with Abe Henry and his convertible, driving around with that stupid hat on and those pants and pounding sugar cones.
1: Okay. And-, and he is, like, signaling through the whole movie that his only interest is Bob. Like, yeah. Bob's <laughs> got a nice house. <laughs> like, oh, 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 okay, let's hit that.
2: I want to hit that real quick. So there seems to be a point in this movie where the, the editing just gets, like, it seems like a bunch of shit got cut out. Like that yeah. scene? That yeah, scene's well. like oh, yeah. 5 seconds. Bob's got a nice house. Da 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 da. And it's just like thrown in there really quick. And so is a lot of the Abe Henry scenes with the driving in the convertible. It's like 5 seconds, 7 seconds. It's not very long. It seems
1: strange. There is some there is some funny business. All right, let's get into some criticisms, I guess. There is some funny business that kind of happens with this movie. Particularly around the middle. There's 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 something of a slump like when they get separated. Um, there's a there's a the montages are a little clumsy. There's some, there's something that like doesn't quite work. There's a bit of a slump, uh, and there's also like this weird thing that happens. In this movie. we haven't even mentioned the romantic angle of this movie, but there's this there's this funny thing that happens in this movie to me where like the movie's going along, and you're like invested in these three characters and they're like hijinks, and then like all of a sudden this woman enters and it's a really good like love at first sight scene. He's swimming and he comes up and his worldview has changed, but like. It, all of a sudden the movie changes and becomes a lot more conventional. And you're like, oh, all right. I guess this is where we're going now. He's going to fall in love. And this is where <laughs> this is a lot less entertaining. But you just kind of plod along with it for a little while. And then the movie kind of starts to go off the rails. And, you're, and it's kind of like, what is happening? This is getting a little bit like kind of not like hard to follow, but just just kind of like a little meandering, I guess. And yeah. then and then all of a sudden, the like the, the, the moment when he's like he's talking on the phone at the party, and he's like, "Oh yeah, she remember she recognized my voice." Like you're like, "Fuck yeah!" You're right there with them. You're like, "Yeah!" So the, the the romance like weirdly like derails the movie, and then comes back and saves the movie. It's really interesting. I didn't I never really picked up on it before, oh, but like it's it, it, the movie would not work without it in there. I completely agree. Um, my
0: biggest criticism is the the film does seem to stall and even kind of fizzle out, uh, you know, after the Inez stuff. I like the Inez stuff. It's sweet. But the picture starts to lose its momentum about, you know, 15, 20 minutes into that. And I'm starting to say to myself, what's happening here? I mean, like, uh, where is this going? And by the time you get to that montage with Luke Wilson writing to Grace, it kind of feels like the movie's over. So when Henry comes in, the affair kind of seems like it's done already.
2: Oh, I don't feel like that way at all. I mean, I actually buy the stakes when, when they're out there, and that car that's a lemon stalls on them. It's just Anthony and Dignan, and Dignan didn't know he gave $500 to Inez after the whole motel scene. By the way, I guess apparently there was, like, that motel. I don't know if it still exists today, but for a, a many years after the fact, there was, like, these annual parties that were started there oh, to try cool. to keep it going. There's and Margaritas? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, I have to talk to you. I don't care. I don't care what you think. It's so
1: stupid.
2: <laughs> that, that is so where the movie So concerned changes.
1: about his abusive brother. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah. That would. That is bizarre. That shows you that this guy just, Bob is a clueless guy. But I think the movie changes when Bob's brother gets busted. So the romance to me is like, okay, they're on the lam. He meets a girl who's a housekeeper. Cool. All right. That's, you got to do something. There's got to be something going on here. But when Bob gets pissed and has to go home and st- takes the car keys and you're gonna see inside a Dignan that you've never seen before, a sick sadistic side. You start to think, all right, well, now Bob's out of the equation. And that's where I kind of, I get a little bit bummed out. I kind of lose interest a bit, because I really like when all three of them are together. It's so bozo-fashioned. It's so funny to me. And once Bob's out, now it's like, oh, now it's just these two. And it's not as entertaining. And now Inez is the third
1: right. with uh, the love and, interest. And, and Jerry, Harry, is getting uh, <laughs> he's getting jealous, like, coming up and, and, like, yelling Marco Polo at them when they were kissing. Like, what kind of fucking asshole? That's not that's your buddy. You're watching your buddy make out with a girl. You're going to come up and start yelling shit at him? Bad friend.
0: Oh, Awful he, cock block. Just the worst. Oh, just come the worst on, man. I, just, I think he's jealous of Inez because he's desperate for Anthony's yeah. attention for the entire yeah, yeah. movie.
1: Yeah, no, of definitely, de- definitely, de- yeah. Let it, let it not be like, a, yeah. That's definitely what I meant. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's,
2: it's, yeah. There's a lot, there's plenty going on there. Who's to say? I mean, well, I don't think he's knows. in
1: love with them. I just think that he's like, you know, like he's. I mean, oh, he who, might be. Who, Who takes Dignan seriously but Anthony, really? (laughs) And and Dignan takes and and Dignan Dignan takes Dignan very seriously, but everyone else like, hey, you look like a little banana. I mean, like (laughs) it's really like you know, I mean, he's just like no one takes him seriously, but he's got these lofty plans, man. He's going to be a big fucking you know, he's like a five year plan, (laughs) fifty year (laughs) plan. Yeah, right. right. right.
2: He does. You're right. That's a great point. Nobody takes Dignan seriously except himself and Anthony, and And he,
1: he needs Anthony for that reason.
2: You're right. He does. But then when he says he's not going to be the jealous friend type and then Anthony just runs out on him at breakfast and, and him and Inez make love and then it's just like it, it really drags there. That's for me, Eric, you were saying it kind of drags at that point. That's where it really drags. It's just like Digton's out there lighting up the last couple of firecrackers, the bottle rockets out in the field and nobody nobody's around him anymore and they have to like beg him oh. to come to the bar to have some fun again. And I'm like, okay. I never really, it never really bothered me though, though, like that it dragged too much. But I'm just like, yeah. I guess if we're looking at it from a critical lens, yeah, I start it's, to see it, that it a, little seems bit more. a
0: little stretch for me. It seems like they're, right, how are we going to make this a feature? How about we get this uh, woman in there and get an interest? And, in, you know, there's a good 40 minutes in there. All right, all right, all right, let's do that. But Anthony's
2: looking for something and he finds it too with his love for Inez. So it, that makes sense to well, me I in mean, terms of the overall. Yeah.
0: Does the fact that like he just thinks she's attractive, even though they can't even fucking communicate together, mean that they're this is some? No, great but there's guy? more than that going on because they yeah, can't no, communicate.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, their 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 love transcends language. Yeah, that's <laughs> how I saw it. That's how I saw it. That's, I that's remember, how dude. I saw it too. I mean, like to, yeah. to me, like it's a clear like love at first sight kind of moment. She's into him too, and part yeah. of and part of her is like, no, this is just a fling. Like it's probably not the first time that she's met some dude that's come through. That you know, some some guy <laughs> that said he's going to be like oh, he's going to be hanging. He's going to hang around you know but like um but she's genuinely into it that's why she tells rocky like i love you and he's like i love you and he's like, okay that's weird but uh, you know I, yeah i think it's actually like pretty meaningful I, mean, I, I think it's obviously i don't yeah i don't think it's just like a, a lust thing
2: no 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 at no. all when they're sitting there in the laundry room eating tamales and they can barely he's she's working following on following locale.
1: her he's following yeah, her he's, everywhere
2: <laughs> it's very innocent i think it was very innocent and wes less. anderson Probably totally less. wes anderson like in terms of what would become like the standard West. Yeah,
0: you stuff. look at Max Fisher just like being such a puppy over Olivia yeah. Williams and Rushmore and just just infatuation. In
1: speaking of oh, it- speaking of Rushmore, um, how about Grace and being a precocious child? I thought then, of you during the, 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 talks- the- I wonder the how talks- Travis
0: is <laughs> handling this scene right now.
1: No, no, I like Grace. I like Grace as a character. I, I don't like precocious children in movies generally, but like again, like there's so much Wes Anderson here. Yep like but as we were saying at the beginning of the movie i mean like it's a lot it's it's all there but it's just a lot more reserved it's just a lot more um you know policed i guess and just kind of uh-huh. like like mm-hmm. gentle
2: yeah how did grace become so cynical that's what i was no I, <laughs> I don't still don't know the answer to that one but the fact that they robbed their own house and then Dignan gets pissed because he has nothing in <laughs> his house is so funny
1: you yeah. there's nothing in my house i was laughing <laughs> I was laughing pretty hard at a few moments in this movie, you know, like laughing out loud. Definitely still making me laugh. You know, I, I haven't watched it. I don't know. And, I mean, it's been since God, 2000, maybe since I watched it. Wow. So wow. Okay. It still made me laugh.
2: Oh, that's good to know. It, it's funny. It has a lot. It has a heart. It's funny if it drags. So what it happens in these movies. And as we start to get towards the end of the show, I, I want to, I want to say that like this movie has a unique place in movie making because of everything you guys were talking about earlier with the, the independent film aspect, but then it has these huge actors that we know now. I mean, they're beyond, they're beyond huge. So now we can like see them through a different lens. And, and I just wonder, do we, does that change the film as it more likable for us? Or did we have to be on the ground floor in the first place with this movie to like it?
1: Well, I mean, I, I was on the ground floor and so I don't, I don't know how to answer that, but, um, Eric, I didn't know what you had said about James L. Brooks, and that helped make more sense. As I was watching the movie this time, I'm like, how did they get the guy from fucking Devo? Because he hasn't he hadn't done much yep. musically at this time. I think he had done the Rugrats soundtrack and not much else. Yeah, to be honest, at this point. So I'm like, how did they get the fucking guy from Devo? How how did they get with a Jimmy meeting? Khan. Yeah, how did they get a meeting with Bill Murray? Because Bill Murray almost had the role of Abe Henry. Um, I'm like, how, and, and and then how did they get Jimmy Conn himself? And like, they got some, you know, they they made some pretty impressive things happen here for an independent film and that, and that J James L Brooks was behind it does end up explaining a
0: lot. It's like you said, Travis. In the '90s, you get you get you get your foot in the door in Sundance, like Linklater did with yeah. Slacker, like Kevin Smith did with Clerks, and you're in. I mean, that's that's a small circle in Hollywood. And back in the early '90s, Sex Lives, and Videotape with Soderbergh, you were in. So contracts were being drawn up that night at Sundance, and that's just yeah. how it happened back
1: then. Studios were trying to get the next Quentin Tarantino, so exactly, they, were, yeah. they were giving people all these shots. And man, what a good product! I mean, like there's a like there's a reason why we keep on. Returning to the 90s in on this show, right? There's just uh a, a, a embarrassment of riches when it comes to uh, great film. But the acting's so good, Mike. And to answer your question, like a movie like Clerks, that, that I really
0: enjoy, where the fuck is Jeff, you know, Jeff Randall or whatever, and Brian O'Halloran? I mean, they Jeff didn't, Anderson. They, yeah, Jeff Anderson, you know.
2: All he ever had was, oh, here we go. Oh, Reservoir Dogs, also on the mixtape. Dan Plummer, whenever Dan Plummer checks in, we got to say uh, thank you, Dan. Good to know that was also on the mixtape. Uh, but a lot, yes, a lot you're right. bit
1: on there. Apparently, it must
2: have been. Yeah, over... it was an eight-hour tape, man. Oh, well, I don't, like I don't know. Minutes. I was
1: recording an SP or whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but you're right, Eric. Uh, I I don't know. I I don't know if I believe that the movie makes the actors or not, because in the end, the the dialogue and everything else related to it, the music, uh, the pace really make the movie just as much as like the acting I mean Luke Wilson's never been he's tried at times and maybe on occasion he's kind of hit me with like dramatic yeah, efforts that like,
0: oh. which one? Got, he's got Wonder Wonder. Land. oh I never saw that one two
1: I saw home fries
2: <laughs> maybe not uh, so much
1: he's, he's I mean I think I think that he's a, a decent actor he's not as he's not as good as Owen Wilson but um but both of them are they're I mean, with everything that Wes Anderson brings to the table in this movie, and there is a lot, I have a hard time imagining – I mean, if, he, if the other actors that he if – he, if he had gotten actors that were, say, the co- caliber of, well, you know, Robert Musgrave, who played Bob, hasn't done much since – and there's kind oh. of a reason if, if 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 the three of them were about as good as Robert Musgrave and again, sorry, dude. But like if that was the case, this movie we wouldn't be talking about now with everything else that they have, everything else that Wes Anderson is bringing. It's ultimately it's these performances from the Wilson brothers that are the the most compelling part about the movie.
2: I immediately take back what I just said, though. Uh, Luke Wilson in Tenenbaums like, is actually very, very good. Oh, he's and yeah, he's, fan- he's fantastic. He's really it. fantastic. It's like a serious side in like the suicide attempt. That's all yeah. like really legit so i take that part back luke i apologize if you ever happen to hear this show <laughs> at any
1: point point. Two, 210 to yuma right or oh, yeah. 310 what the fuck yeah. is 210 is that like a prequel what's the name of the movie is it 310 <laughs> to yuma you know, yes yeah, 310 a couple numbers in yuma <laughs> remember it, that movie it, it doesn't really <laughs> you know whenever right. you write your own script and
0: this is a really like esoteric script so with owen wilson penning his own character uh it probably would have been pretty fucking difficult for an actor to read this script and be able to emulate that Dignan character because it's really fucking unique.
1: Yeah. And yes. Dignan was the name and the character that he was playing when they filmed the 1992 13 minute short. I mean, like they, they lived in these characters for a few years, apparently, which didn't hurt.
2: That's a great point. And also Bob is also in idiocracy. Is sitting on ass. He says the legendary line, "Sitting, sitting on, on ass." ass. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta give, want to have, I want to give Mr. Musgrove credit for that. So, all right.
1: Well, uh, I, mean, I knew there was a reason I put this shirt on today.
2: <laughs> I yeah, I do. See, there's a big connection. Luke Wilson got all of his buddies in that picture. All right, uh, you know, let's let's let's, let's kind of wrap it up here, man. Let's let's okay. let's make our final choices here. I chose the movie, so I'll go first. Uh, clearly, I chose it because I love it and uh, I still watch it fairly regularly. Um even though it was I didn't see it right away. You know, I didn't get there in the beginning. I as soon as I saw it for the first time, I was instantly hooked because I love the camaraderie and the goofiness and the the lack of understanding like like you could just say things, these people say things to each other and they just kind of go over their heads. But then at the same time they say other things and they really hit them hard and then they can't let it go. It's so it's so strange what sticks and what doesn't. And I think that's that's really representative of life at times. Things I can still remember certain certain things that you two have told me in my life. Well, at the same time, if I brought it up to you, you might be like, what did I say that? Or vice versa. You know, it's just so strange. But that's how it goes. And as this movie fades on and time goes by and Wes Anderson, you know, he is who he is forever. We're not I'm not here to debate his legacy or uh, his kinks or quirks. We all know what they generally seem to be. This is a great movie because it's funny and endearing. And even if it drags a little bit, I don't care. It holds up to me because it makes me laugh still. And it makes me want to go to that time and place or kind of like have myself be involved with these people in some fashion. I'm not even sure what it was, but I'd like to go to like a, I'd like to go to Abe Henry's before he robs Bob and be at that party. and (laughs) rowboat. In Applejack and these stupid ass names, they're <laughs> so dumb. And I, alone, I love dumb names, so that's always going to keep me going. So I say this movie
1: holds up. All right, Travis. Sure. Um, you know, I was a huge Reservoir Dogs fan growing up, and this movie has those elements. I mean, it's it's a heist. They wear matching uniforms. They give each other code names. I mean, in a lot of ways, (laughs) this this movie checks off like all those boxes. And and, I'm like, oh, this is partly you know, this is very much of that time. And it's funny because when I think of the '90s and I think of this this the wave of films that came out of it in the independent scene, I, I I for some reason I hold this one a little bit separate from the rest of the Wes Anderson movies, and I forget. That Wes Anderson is one of those '90s auteurs. That he's one of the guys that came from this scene. I was watching this interview that he did with Noah Baumbach the other day, and I'm like, oh yeah, fuck that guy did too, with kicking and screaming like they've been around a little bit longer than like than we remember sometimes. Um, So if you if you did not enjoy this movie, um, you know if if you've never seen if you if you'd seen this movie before like and you didn't enjoy it, then you're not it's not going to hold up for you. If you don't like Wes Anderson movies, this may be the 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 least stylistic one that might be the most accessible for you. Um but I I start I sat down and watched this movie pretty confident that I would feel like it held up because even though it had been good 20 years, I really liked it back in the day and I was you know, I I knew the kind of filmmakers and stuff that we were working with, but what ended up surprising me was not only that I feel like that it held up, I end up feeling like it held up way better than I'd expected, and that I probably should have returned to it much much sooner. So, if like me, it has been a long time since you'd seen Bottle of Rocket, you should probably get back on it. It's it's worth revisiting more often than once every couple decades.
2: There it
0: is, right it from is Travis's down. mouth.
2: Eric Brancham
1: that was
0: one of the the best summations you've had in a long time. You encapsulate the, the everything about the film there, Travis, How, you know? Thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, for me, I had to sit back and say, you know, why didn't this sink its teeth into me when I first saw it? And I think I, I, I overlooked some of its um, more subtle aspects. You know, I would ask myself things like, what is it telling me? I mean, some of, Wes Anderson's later work, especially when he teams up with other screenwriters like Roman Coppola or Noah Baumbach, they it, those pictures tend to tell us maybe a little bit more about friendship or love or in uh or or some of these other like grander um grander themes. Whereas this one, sometimes it just kind of seems almost like a like a sitcom or something like it's always sunny. It's just fucking guys fucking around. Um, but um, I think that's its charm. So if you if you like films like, like I said, early Hal Ashby or early Link Letter stuff, I think you're going to uh, want to take another look at it. There's no, again, there's no real like irony here or commentary on counterculture or much of anything. It's just fun to watch. Like you said, Mike, this is a filmmaker coming into his own who's making a great picture right off the bat in his inaugural effort. Sometimes it seems like it's stretched out from the short film that it was. Other times it's just cozy and relaxing, but it definitely kind of feels like an experiment to me, but it's one that holds up because it's funny. It's sweet. It's very sincere. The characters have like a richness to them that is, it's hard to duplicate. Uh, no filmmaker has, in my opinion, just duplicate the sincerity and the sweetness between characters. So if you haven't seen it, go back and check it out. It's not too late.
1: You know, I want to make one last point real quick and, and well put, Eric. I bet if you sat if you sat them down and maybe gave them a little bit of time, if you put Musgrave and the Wilson brothers back in a room together, they could they could just fall right back into these characters like a heartbeat. I I bet they could like like I'm not saying let's make a sequel to Bottle Rocket, but like I think that like these are very lived in characters that they could just resurrect really easily. Yeah, I could could see that. Not that I know these guys personally or anything, but it just seems like they're still in these characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah,
2: Owens changed a lot, and he's had a lot, a lot of things going on in his life. I'd be curious to see if he wow. could do that. I believe the other two could definitely do it. Yeah, this is his first. Wow, you're right. This is the debut of the wild. Wow. wow. There it is. Bottle Rocket's in the bag. Matt Wilson says it definitely holds up for this cat. All of right. course it does. He's a Wilson guy. You gotta support your <laughs> local Wilsons. All right, that's the Cinema 9 podcast for Bottle Rocket. Does it hold up? Looks like uh, we had a clean sweep with this one, which is yeah. refreshing and nice. Fun. This, you can't be cruel to this movie. It's so sweet and innocent. It wouldn't be right. True. Uh, next week, Derek Fern, like we said, will join the show as a guest. We talked about four.
1: Brown earlier in The Many Cushions. Well, those cushions is why he earned the name Three Cushions Fan, No Lights, No Talk, 1030. <laughs> <laughs> We've mentioned that on the show before. I thought I would bring that full circle a little, little bit. But yes, the man himself, Three Cushions Fan, No Lights, No Talk, 1030 is coming on the show. That is correct.
2: Next week, Derek Fern will be here live. and uh, Oh, he's in the house. Derek, do you want to do you want to type it out here? Or uh, do you want me to say it? Because Derek is very, in the room for those who are listening executed? to the podcast.
0: He's going to kill himself live?
2: I'm very that was, executed. That was a typo. <laughs> oh,
0: that was he must be nervous. He must be nervous.
1: Yeah. So, uh, next Fingers week, Derek. Fingers trembling as he types out for the <sighs> Cinema 9 podcast. I went to high school with these guys. <laughs> <laughs> I know them.
2: Yeah. Of we all love the you, people... buddy. Yeah, of all the people you would be nervous around, you'd think it would be people that you didn't know but hey i'm sure it was say? just
1: a typo we're just we're just joking <laughs>
2: nope nope it's all serious all right so now next week Derek will be on the show it'll be four faces in the house four voices if you're listening to the podcast version don't forget you go to the youtube channel subscribe uh that'd be cool if you want to see that as always you can just subscribe and follow all the podcast versions spotify apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, whatever we're, we're all on. Uh, i've tried Take to make sure we're on like stealing your
0: mom's jewelry
2: Yes, take a picture of yourself stealing your mom's jewelry. That would be great. But don't take the earrings. You took the earrings, <laughs> Dignan? Uh, all right. Contract saying. Wow. Thanks, Dignan. Oh, Derek's. Oh, there it is. Guys, here it is.
1: All right. right Choices. I oh, heart Huckabees. Yeah. Oh, he said fuckabees.
2: There it oh, is. Boy. I'm so glad that Derek, Derek typed it out because. I didn't want to be accused of being the one who chose. I did not choose this movie. Derek chose this. Derek,
0: we got to have a talk.
2: There it is. I Heart Huckabees will be the main event for next week. Does it hold up? Derek Fern's very excited.
0: Speaking of Jason Schwartzman. All right. Wow. I'm going to have to break my blood oath to never watch this movie again. I'll do it for you, Derek. I love you.
1: You have yeah. to watch it again. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know about what fucking oath you made to whom, but Odin or whoever is going to have to. It's going to be a life. great opportunity. Have we talked Dave O'Russell Russell yet on this uh, film? No, this is I'd the like-
2: debut. This is the first one.
1: We've not. It's it a long time coming.
2: It is. I, I, I thought about picking an old Russell film a few times, but I'm glad yeah, that I Derek's the first one to do it.
1: I thought it was going to end up being Flirting with the Disaster. I was so oh, sure. Yeah. I knew he was going to come on the show eventually. I thought it would be Flirting with Disaster or this one. I knew it was going to be <laughs> Hey, you All got right. plenty of time to
0: check out that by, that behind the scenes video, of David Russell flipping out. Get back to us. Send us an email. Yeah, maybe invite? we'll have
2: a few audio clips.
0: <laughs> we'll Anyways, yeah, next week join us for I Heart
2: Huckabee's with Derek Fern, and that will be the next episode. Until then, thank you to Travis Royer, Branstrom, and everybody who participates in the live stream, and to those of you that listen to us every week. We do appreciate it, and we thank you for your courtesy, your kindness, and for your gratitude. We'll see you next time.